Hello, and thank you for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If you enjoy this message, we invite you to check out River of Life live this Sunday at 10.30 a.m. in Crawfordville. Visit riveroflifefl.com for service times and directions. That's riveroflifefl.com. Now, let's join Senior Pastor Henry Jones as he teaches from the Word of God. All the men of the church who would like to join me here at the altar uh, to come, we're going to bow down before the Lord. Andre, would you come and join me here uh, at the pulpit? Guys, come on, we're just going to bow before the Lord. I thank God for the men in this church. The men who are unashamed of Jesus. Men who are real men. <laughs> Saw a bumper sticker one day said, real men love Jesus. I believe that. Just get as close as you can and we'll get on our knees before the Lord. Andre, would you lead us as we humble ourselves before the Lord and ask Him to bless today, bless our church, bless our families, and bless this nation. Father in heaven, we just come before you with humble and grateful hearts. Yes, Lord. Father, when we look all around the world, we see turmoil, we see suffering, we see destruction. But Lord, here in your house is the fullness of joy. We feel your presence. We feel your love, how you have just so graciously poured it out upon us. And we're so thankful. Yes, Lord. And Lord, we know that it's not just for us to enjoy. It's for us to be built up so that we can go out into the world and make a difference for you. That we can love those who are starving for your love. That we can bring the word of hope to those who are dying in desperation, Father. Those who are lost and confused because of the, the world system and the things that they're caught up in. But Lord, you're using us to bring forth your light and your love and your hope to a world that needs you so desperately. Father, let your man of God preach a word that will inspire us to get outside of ourselves and do the work that you have called us to do, that we will no longer put a, turn a blind eye to those who are crying out, that we will make it our personal mission to reach everyone we can with the name and the love and the message of hope and the love of Christ. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Father, you said you will, we will know those who are yours by the way we love one another. Let yes. love mm -hmm. abound in us greatly. Mm -hmm. Speak through my brother. Yes, Lord. Touch each and every one of us. Break the chains of bondage that might be upon our lives, that we will be set free in you this day. And Lord, we just give you the praise, glory, and honor. Have your way upon this house and all those that are opened up in the name of Jesus. Mm -hmm. We pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, I got some good news for you this morning. 
The Bible's full of good news. <laughs> the word gospel means good news, good tidings. It means a good or favorable message. And did you know that the word gospel is used over a hundred times in the Bible? In fact, the word gospel is used so many times in the Bible that sometimes we just refer to the whole Bible as the gospel, the good news. It's a book full of the good news. And it's not just the New Testament. It's the whole Bible. The whole Bible is full of the gospel. It's full of the good news. It's full of a good and gracious and kind and merciful God who is always reaching out to us to help us. He's a God of second chances. He's a God who has a future for failures. He's a God who wants to do something marvelous and miraculous and redemptive and fulfilling in all of our lives. I want to begin this morning right where I left off last week. And I want to give you some good news right out of the Old Testament. But if a wicked man turns from all of his sins which he has committed, keeps all my statutes, and does what is lawful and right, he shall surely live. He shall not die. Listen up now. None of the transgressions which he has committed shall be remembered against him. That's, that's a good place to clap, isn't it? None of his transgressions which he has committed shall be remembered against him because of the righteousness which he has done, he shall live. Do I have any pleasure at all that the wicked should die, says the Lord God, and not that he should turn from his ways and live? Pull up Ezekiel eighteen twenty one and following. Would you do me the favor? I love this. We do this in some of our Discovery Series classes. And it just, I feel the presence of God when we do it, when we all read the Word together. Uh, Would you read this with me? We'll read the whole thing. You can kind of follow my lead. But if a wicked man turns from all his sins, which he has committed, keeps all my statutes, and does what is lawful and right, he shall surely live. He shall not die. None of the transgressions which he has committed shall be remembered against him. Because of the righteousness which he has done, he shall live. Do I have any pleasure at all that the wicked should die, says the Lord God, and not that he should turn from his ways and live? I ask you this morning, is that good news? Wow! I mean, that's power-packed, full of good news. And, and, and it's all over the Bible. I, we won't turn to the Scripture, but in the New Testament, Jesus said, I came to seek and to save that which was lost. G- 
This is about good news. God can turn a sinner into a saint. God can turn a lost man into a saved man. And God can turn a wicked man into a righteous man. And i got to tell you, that is good news. I, I mean, that's wonderful news. Now, I want us to take just verse 22 out of that text, and we'll pull it up, and I'll show you. Verse 22 says, None of the transgressions which he has committed shall be remembered against him. Because of the righteousness which he has done, he shall live. You see, this is all about somebody making a decision, granted, led by the, by the Holy Spirit, even in the Old Testament, granted by the help of God and the invitation of God. Now think about this. The, the prophet of God, Ezekiel, was delivering this message to people, and that was God's way of encouraging them to do what? Turn from their wickedness. And, and so, so this is all about uh, an old life of transgression ending because a man is turning away from that, and the beginning of a new life that's filled with righteousness. God does such a work in a person's life that they move from transgressions to righteousness. I want to tell you today, you may think you're hopelessly locked in a transgression, but there's a God who can move you from transgressions to righteousness. It's all through the Bible. And that is, my friend, that is good news. Now here it is in the New Testament, Romans six eighteen, And having been set free from sin, have become slaves of, say it with me, slaves of righteousness. Having been set free from sin, so here's a person who's all bound up in sin, and the Bible is talking about what we once were, all bound up in sin, and now here we are, slaves to righteousness. And we have a tendency, I tell you, to read over some of these words so quickly that it doesn't even register. But here's, you, you got to see this. You were set free, child of God, so that you could be a slave. Amen. We leave that off, don't we? You weren't set free to do what you want to when you want to the way you want to. You weren't set free to live life down any pathway you want. You were set free to become a slave. You were a slave to sin. Now, God wants you to be a slave to righteousness. You were set free to be a slave. Say, I'm a slave. See, that's what you are. You're a slave. <laughs> but oh, I tell you what. Our master is the greatest master of all. Woo! I tell you, when you're a slave to him... It's better than all the freedom that the enemy can give you. You were saved and set free to be a slave to Him. I know this is a, about a, a radical lifestyle and a radical change. 1 John 3, 9 and 10 kind of enlightens us about this thing about righteousness, being saved from sin to live for Him and being slaves of, of righteousness. Here it is, 1 John 3, 9 and 10. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning, for God's seed abides in him. And he cannot keep on sinning, because he has been born of God. By this it is evident 
who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Now, if you don't think this is an important passage of Scripture, let me just read that one more time. By this it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice, say it with me, righteousness. Now, let's just stop there. We're talking about the person who hasn't been changed from sin to righteousness. We're talking about a person who has not given up a life of transgressions to live a life of holiness and righteousness. It says, whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. That's pretty clear, isn't it? Do you understand what this passage of Scripture is doing? It's actually taking a physical analogy and using it to drive home a spiritual truth. Here's, here's the physical part. The physical part is something that you and I know very well, don't we? I am the son, you are the son or the daughter of your father. And the seed of your father remains in you. His spiritual DNA is in you. You're on the physical level. I tell you, the other day I looked in the mirror and it scared me. I have become my father. I saw Frank Jones when I looked in the mirror. And I'm thinking, what is going on here? And then every now and then I'll be doing something and I'll catch a glimpse of my father doing it. And I'm doing it just like he did it. You see, I've got this problem, and I don't know how to deal with this problem. And that is, His seed is in me. His DNA is in me. I am a product of my Father physically. And my life takes on the characteristics of my Father. By the way, I love my Father very much, and He loved me. And I will tell you this, I had the privilege of getting on my knees with my own Father and leading Him to Christ and watching Him get baptized. I praise God for that. So, child of God, do you see it? Do you understand what I'm saying right now? That if you've been born again, if you're a child of God, you have the seed of your heavenly Father in you. You have His spiritual DNA in your body and in your spirit. And and I've got some good news for you. Just in case somebody here had a lousy, sorry, degenerate father on earth. And I'm just saying, because I told one woman one time, I said, he's like a father. She said, I hate my father. He was terrible. I said, okay, then I need to straighten this out. Just in case you had a father that you don't want to be like, I want to tell you, spiritual DNA overrides physical DNA. It overrides it. It supersedes it. The spiritual DNA that we have from our Heavenly Father is greater than the physical DNA of this world. And I tell you, it's a wonderful thing. You see, the whole point is, if you're a child of God and I'm a child of God, and we've been truly born again, His seed abides in us. We have His spiritual DNA. And from time to time, we should be able to catch reflections of Jesus in our own image. 
You understand? The world should see reflections of Jesus in us. And the things we do should be more and more like the things that Jesus did. We should be doing acts of righteousness. In other words, we've gone from a life of transgression to a life of righteousness. We've gone from people who were slaves to sin to being slaves of righteousness. We've been born again. And this is so emphatic that the Scripture actually says, whosoever does not practice what? Righteousness is not of God. Pretty simple, isn't it? So this morning... Child of God, I want to talk to you about doing acts of righteousness. I'm going to challenge everybody in this house to do some acts of righteousness. And I'm excited about what's going to take place in your life if you'll hear this message and receive it. But the first thing I need to do with you before I challenge you is I need to get every one of you to get your hearts and minds in tune with the Word of God and not corrupt theology that's been passed down to you. I need you to stop hiding behind the idea that you are not righteous. Boy, it got quiet in here. I need you to stop hiding behind the idea that you are not righteous. If you've been born again, if you're a child of the King, if through the blood of the everlasting covenant you had a born again experience and there was an infusion of the Holy One of Israel and He came into your life, righteousness came in. Stop hiding behind the idea that you are not righteous. Now, you may be saying, Saying, Pastor, I've read my Bible. The Bible says there's none righteous. No, not one. That's absolutely right. None of us are righteous in and of ourselves. But I can tell you, when somebody who's not righteous meets the one who is righteous, and he does his work in your life, you become righteous. It's all through the Scriptures. And then there's another passage of Scripture that says our righteousness is like filthy rags before Him. True or false? True. The very best we can pull off on our own. The very best we can muster. All the talent, all the ability, everything we have on our own is just filthy before Him. But here's the good news, friends. God sent His Son into the world and He came into this world to bring righteousness into your heart, into your life, and into your actions. Jesus made the difference. He took us out of our transgressions so that we could perform acts of righteousness. He took us out of being slaves to sin to make us slaves to righteousness. Wow. Let me give you some scriptures. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For He made Him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become, read it with me, the righteousness of God in Him. That's clear and it stops saying I'm not righteous. You say, well, if people, if somebody heard me say I'm righteous, oh well, that wouldn't be a good testimony. And I don't, I don't tell you to go out in the world and tell people I'm righteous. I don't think that would go over, but I want to tell you, stop denying your righteousness. That is an insult to the one who birthed you. 
That would be like me getting up here and denying my own father in the physical. It'd be worse than that. Stop, stop doing that. Jesus came to make us righteous. He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. And Philippians 3.9 says, And be found in Him not having my own righteousness. See, now our righteousness is what? Filthy rags, right? I don't have my own righteousness anymore, which is from the law, or trying to do good, or trying to merit up, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes through which is from God by faith. Now friends, as Christians, we become slaves of righteousness to practice righteousness because He has made us righteous. One more time. As Christians, we become slaves of righteousness to practice righteousness because He has made us righteous. If you want to have a real blessing, and I hope some of you will do this, uh, I did a lot of it over the last week when I, when I had a chance to get in, in my Bible. But start looking up passages in the Old Testament and the New Testament that talk about Jesus being righteous. I'll just give you a few right now. Isaiah 53, 11 says, The righteous one. Now this is an Old Testament prophet talking about Jesus coming. The righteous one, my servant, shall make many... Jesus came to make us righteous. Is there anybody in this church who's righteous? We better be. That's what He came to do. He didn't come to make us mediocre. He didn't come so that we would be cowards. He came to make us righteous. That's what He came to do. That's what we, we were told that He would come to do. The righteous one, my servant, shall make many righteous, and He shall bear their iniquities. Jeremiah 23, 6 says calls Him the Lord our righteousness. 2 Timothy 4.8 says the Lord the righteous judge. Acts 3.14, holy and righteous one. Acts 7.52 and 22.14 just simply calls Him the righteous one. And one of my favorite is 1 John 2.1 calls Him Jesus Christ the righteous. So I ask you this morning, does Jesus Christ live in your heart? If so, you've been saved by righteousness for righteousness. One more time, you've been saved by righteousness for righteousness. The Holy One of righteousness saved you so you could live a holy and righteous and good and productive life. Now let's just clear, because the devil gets all involved in this. He really tries to mess up our thinking. I, these are my convictions, feelings. If you disagree with me, I'd like for you to wave at me right now so I can recognize you. <laughs> I don't believe there is a saved man on planet Earth who is without sin. who is without faults, who is without weaknesses, who never makes a mistake. If that would be the case, then we'd have a perfect man, wouldn't we? And I'd want to find him wherever he is. And I'd want to call him to be the pastor of River of Life Church. 
But, in my opinion, there's not a saved man on planet earth who is totally 100% without sin. But you listen to me. In my opinion, there's not a saved man on planet earth who's 100% without righteousness. That would be a contradiction of everything we know in the Scriptures, wouldn't it be? If you could find somebody who's truly saved and they have no righteousness, no righteous acts, no righteous deeds, then that would cancel out a whole lot of Scriptures. Jesus came to make us righteous. He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God. And so... We're not talking about sinless perfection. We're talking about righteousness. And please do not walk out of here and say that, oh, our pastor's changed over. He now believes in salvation by works. What I'm talking about today has nothing to do with earning your salvation. You couldn't do that. That's impossible. It has nothing to do with you doing enough good or righteous deeds so that God will accept you and love you better That wouldn't work if you had a thousand lifetimes. I'm talking about the blood of Jesus Christ and the cross and salvation and regeneration and a new birth where we get a spiritual seed, spiritual DNA comes into us and it radically changes our lives and it puts us in the position to start doing things of a righteous nature for the glory of God. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about doing works of righteousness which spring from within us and become a part of our daily lives because the righteous and holy one lives in us. Righteousness is in us. Which blows my mind. Doesn't it blow your mind? I mean, that is just amazing to me. So I want to challenge you to start doing some righteous things. If I were to ask you all across the house, are you a Christian? Have you been saved? Have you been baptized? Do you know you've had a conversion experience? Hands all over the house would go up. Well, friends, I'm not going to ask you to do that, but if you would raise your hand at that question, then I challenge you. It's time for you to start doing some works of righteousness. It really is. It's time for you to get busy. Time for you to make some waves, stir up some dust, some holy dust. It's time for you to stand up and be heard. It's time for you to shout it from the rooftops. It's time, isn't it? And I got to tell you, if you'll start doing acts of righteousness, intentionally doing acts of righteousness, it'll be more fun than anything you've done in your life. It's better than any sermon you'll hear. Man, it'll get you going. It'll get you excited. Just acts of righteousness. Just doing what God says do. I can tell you, there will be an infusion of the Holy Spirit. When you start intentionally doing acts of righteousness, that's what you were born for. You were spiritually born to carry out acts of righteousness for the glory of God. That's what you were born for. The Holy Spirit will get involved. And you talking about being filled with the Holy Spirit. Wow. It'll, it'll change your life. So I challenge you. Wake up in the morning and say, Lord, what's my assignment? I am serious. Not, Lord, I'm going to see if I can go to church on Sunday. 
What's my assignment today, Lord? What do you want me to do? Holy Spirit, give me a keen and sensitive ear to hear your voice so I'll know what you want me to do. Holy Spirit, I believe you can speak to your children. The Lord said, my sheep know me and they hear my voice and they follow me. Holy Spirit, what's my assignment today? What do you want me to do? Uh, tell me who to speak to. Tell me who to help. I don't know what to do. Oh God, I was trapped in sin. You saved me, set me free. And if I'm now a slave to righteousness, I need you to point out some righteous deeds for me to do. And I won't do them. And i got to tell you, when you do that, it's going to get exciting. Uh, this past Wednesday morning, I got up, and Dallas is the first one that got me doing this years ago, but I got up Saturday morning, and I, not Wednesday morning, this past Wednesday morning, and, and I said, Lord, what's my assignment today? What do you want me to do? And uh, so uh, I didn't get anything. And I kept praying, Lord, is there some act, because I was studying this passage, it was fresh. And Lord, is there some act of righteousness that you want me to do today? And uh, didn't get anything. Well, a couple hours later, I was driving toward Tallahassee. I was going up to take my yearly physical. And uh, I was just praying about something else completely. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit just dropped into my spirit and said, I've got an assignment. I've got an act of righteousness I want you to do. And the Holy Spirit said to me, I want you to take a bag of crosses into your doctor's office at Southern Medical Group, Dr. Forstoffel's office, and I want you to walk in there with that bag of crosses and I want you to start giving crosses to everybody you run into and ask them, can you pray for them? Now, i got to tell you, I, I seem real bold when I stand up in front of you guys. You just encourage me. I mean, I'm, I, I, I'm like the fellow that said, I, I'm ready to attack hell with a water pistol. I mean, you make me bold. But when I'm out there by myself, I'm not that bold. And I'm thinking, wow, that is, that's pretty, that's an assignment. So my first thing was, I don't even have a bag of crosses. It was probably dangerous, but I'm driving down the road and I'm reaching back in my back seat to see if I even have any crosses. And lo and behold, there's a full bag of crosses in my back seat. So I, so, okay, well, what am, what am I going to do? Because I didn't have time to turn around and go back. So anyway, I get there, and i got to tell you, going to the doctor makes me nervous anyway. My blood pressure is always up. Does your blood pressure go up when you go to the doctor? They asked me, they said, why is your blood pressure up? And I said, because I don't like you guys. You make me scared. I, I don't get anything but bad news from you guys. I, and I said, I'm always horrified. Well, friends, my blood pressure is normally up anyway. It was really up now because I, I'm, I'm bearing the pressure of this righteous assignment. And so I go in and I, I take my iPad and I take the crosses and I put them right up here like this. And I go in and I sign in. And my heart's racing. And I'm looking around to see how many people are in the waiting rooms. Huge waiting room. And I'm thinking, I'm going to walk up to all these people, at, give them a cross, and I'm going to ask them, can I pray for you? And so I signed in, and then I sat down, took a breath, whispered a prayer. I usually have plenty of time to do just about anything I want to do in that waiting room before I get back to see my doctor. And I, I took a breath, and I stood up, 
took that cross. I, I picked one woman out. I said, I'm going to go give a cross to her, and then I'm going to start with her, and I'm going to work my way all the way around. So I grabbed this bag, and she was looking at me kind of strange anyway. And I just took off very seriously and just ran, went straight to her. I didn't run, but I walked straight to her. And I took this bag and I opened it up. And I, I did like this. I opened it up. I said, can I give you something? And I'm trying to pull it out. And she said, this is what she said. She said, wow, I am so glad. Man, I am so glad. I said, I haven't even given it to you yet. You don't know what I'm going to give you. How could you be glad? And she said, when I saw you a while ago come in with that bag, I thought you coming in with all your medication and all your... <laughs> with all your pills. And she said, I was looking over at you and saying, that poor man, God, God bless him. Bless his heart. And she said, I thought it was your medication. She said, what do you want to give me? I said, ma'am, so help me. I said, I want to give you my medication. This is the best medicine on the planet. She's laughing. I'm laughing. I offered to pray with her. She said, no, I don't need prayer. I'm just thankful. I'm just thanking God. She said, I was really worried about you for a while. And so I gave her a cross. I made my way around. Uh, that day, the, there was only one man I prayed for. And uh, he stood up. I prayed for him. He put his arm around me. I put my arm around him. His wife didn't stand up. And folks, I am not exaggerating. I know when the Holy Spirit falls on me. From the first moment I began to pray, the Holy Spirit fell. And he started weeping. His wife started weeping. We prayed down the power and the glory of God. Well, anyway, when I went back to the back, the nurse that came and got me, I said, here, ma'am, I got something for you I gave you. I said, would you like one of these crosses? I gave her a cross. I go in, I'm giving crosses out to everybody. Now, I'm getting a little bolder now. And I'm giving crosses out everywhere. And then I, I get in the, my doctor's office, and my first doctor comes in and... You know, see, blood pressure's horrible. We've got to get this blood pressure down. And not, not only that, uh, your, uh, your cholesterol's way too high. Uh, uh, and just really just fusses at me. And then leaves and go gets another doctor. And the other doctor comes in and looks at it and said, you know, you've got to get this cholesterol down. We've we got a problem here. We've we got a real problem here. And I'm over kind of sheepishly, and they start to leave. I said, well, wait, wait just a minute before you leave. Can I give you a cross? <laughs> so I gave both of them a cross, and then the Holy Spirit hit me. It is amazing how fast the Holy Spirit can give you leadership. Amen. Holy Spirit hit me. Now I'm down to about a third of the bag is left. And I said, what I want to do for this office is I want to give you a whole bag of crosses. My doctor said, well, thank you, and reached out and took the bag. And friends, I am not making this up. I got my shirt on. I got dressed. I walked out to the receptionist. And when I stood in front of that receptionist and I had not seen her, that receptionist looked at me and said, Pastor Jones, thank you for the cross. And I'm, I just got this. I hadn't seen her. This puzzled look on my face. 
How'd you get the cross? Somewhere between me handing that doctor that bag of crosses, that receptionist got that cross. She said, thank you for the cross. And I'm just, man, I'm thinking, man, this is, this is good stuff. And then a nurse, another nurse that I had not seen, walked by me, patted me on the back. And when she walked by, she said, Pastor Jones, thank you for the cross. And i got to tell you, I forgot all about my high blood pressure. I forgot about all about my high cholesterol. And I started thinking about my high priest. And what He had done for me. And how God had blessed me. And listen to this. I started thinking about how much fun I'm having right now. I probably will get to heaven and find out I missed a whole lot of things. But I was trying to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. I was trying to carry out acts of righteousness for which I was born. I challenge you this morning. Church, let me challenge you. Start doing acts of righteousness. You say, Pastor, I don't know what to do. If you're a child of God, you don't even have to figure out what to do. If the Holy One of Israel lives in you, whatever He tells you to do, just do it. That's righteousness. Start doing what the Holy One of God told you to do in His Word. Just take your Bible out. Read your Scriptures. And whatever it says do, just do it. It's, it's that simple. Uh, let, me just, let me help you get started here. One act of righteousness is uh, putting your faith in Him. I, in fact, I would say that's the first act of righteousness, wouldn't you? But I can tell you if the Holy Spirit's wooing you and the Spirit of God is drawing you and you put your faith in the righteous one, you've just committed a righteous act under the leadership of the Holy Spirit which is right in the eyes of God. It's the way God designed it and you put your faith in Him and it opens the door for His righteousness to flow into your life. So just putting your faith in Him is an act of righteousness. Praying is an act of righteousness. I can tell you, wicked, rebellious, mean, ungodly, People don't pray. They may whisper a little prayer, but they don't pray. I'm talking about communing with God. When you get on your knees or you're going somewhere and you really commune with a holy God and you start praying, that's an act of righteousness. It really is. That's an act of righteousness. Coming to church. Did you know when you got up this morning and made a decision to come to church, that's an act of righteousness? How do I know that? Because the Bible says, Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as a manner of some is, but exhort one another so much the more as you see the day approaching. You did what God's Word says do. You came to church this morning. You could have stayed home or done something else, but you came to church. That's a righteous act. Fellowshipping with one another and encouraging one another, that's an act of righteousness. Tithing. Helping the poor out. Those are all acts of righteousness. Did you know the only warning the Bible gives us when it comes to acts of righteousness is that you don't do these acts of righteousness to be seen of men? You don't do them so that people will praise you. You do them because He lives in you and you want to glorify and honor His name. That's why you do them. And oh, there's so much reward in that. You, you, you see, that's so important. But listen to me. Everything I've just told you 
These are entry-level acts of righteousness. Everything I just talked about, that's beginner righteousness. Are you with me? That's just, that's like kindergarten righteousness. I ask you, shouldn't this church, shouldn't River of Life be exploding with acts of righteousness that go far beyond anything I've just talked about? Shouldn't it? Well, well, let me share a scripture with you and then you tell me if it should. John 14, 12. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, if you believe in him, say amen. Amen. That's That's a lot of folks just said amen. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. Do you understand? We should be doing the same thing Jesus did. We should be doing greater works than he did. If that's not true, then the Bible's not true. Friends, Andre prayed it a while ago. Andre hit it on the nose. God help us to go out. Oh, we ought to go out in this community and love and give and share and help and minister and pray. You got your seatbelts on? And perform miracles. And drive back the evils of the enemy. And lead multitudes to righteousness. Why? Because the righteous one lives within us. John 20, 21. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. Now I realize when I preach a sermon like this, that the invitation is more to go out and do what you were born to do. That's more the invitation than it is come to the altar. But it might be that somebody needs to do an act of righteousness and come to the altar before you can go out. Maybe you need to rededicate your life. Maybe you need to get something under the blood and out of your life. Maybe you need to just come get on your knees here at the altar. Maybe you need to join this church. Or maybe... Maybe the Holy Spirit is drawing you and for the first time in your life to absolutely 100% give yourself to Jesus. All of those are acts of righteousness. See, when the Holy Spirit leads you and you follow, that's acts of righteousness. Would you stand with me, please? Very quietly, very reverently. And I'm gonna... Thank you again for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today or you need someone to pray with you, then please let us know. You can call us at 850-926-1200 or send an email to info at riveroflifefl.com. We also encourage you to visit River of Life this Sunday at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. For more information, visit us at riveroflifefl.com.